what God's been doing in my life is like I'm a planner, I'm an organizer, I like to have things run with a flow, I like to make sure that we're finished by a certain time. Um, but you know something God's been teaching me recently? He's not in a rush. He's not in a hurry. He doesn't say things have to happen between 11 a.m. and 12.15 p.m. on a Sunday morning. He's like, I'm the God of all moments, of all times, and I am not in a rush. And something I've been learning a little bit about recently is moments of encounter will rarely happen if we're in a hurry. Because encounter is unexpected meetings with God, unexpected meetings with people. When we encounter someone down the street, it's, you know, we haven't expected to meet them, but we've encountered them. So I think that God wants to encounter us afresh this morning. I think he wants to encounter this region afresh. And I think he wants to just like break down the barriers within us from being getting so set in our ways that we're like, okay, like I need to be gone by this time. Having said that, there's complete freedom. Because I... I Honestly, I'm just putting the disclaimer out. I don't know how long we're going to be here. (laughs) But don't be afraid. I'm not one of them crazy people who want to be here for like four hours. All right? What I'm saying is there's complete freedom. If you need to go, if you're meeting someone, if you're you're, um, meeting someone for dinner, if you're having folks around, if you need to go down and lift the kids and bring them back up, like let's just gather together as family because I think that Jesus wants to do stuff. That could be in 10 minutes. Could be more than that. I'm not going to rush him because I'm not God. We're, we're not God. So I want us just to pray for a little moment, okay? Let's pray for a little moment. Let's set the foundation. So Father, we, we, just, we are so in awe of you. We just want to set the foundation for you to do. You don't need our permission. You don't need us to tell you to be in a certain time frame. You don't need us to tell you what to say and what to do. We're leaving it completely open to you. And Lord, I pray that people will not feel pressurized to stay about if they don't want to, but they'll also feel the, the freedom to go and bring the kids up if they need to. Because Father, we want to see you move. We want to see you touch our hearts. It won't just happen with some Irish guy standing up and speaking. It's going to happen when you begin to speak to all of us. So we do release what heaven has for us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so like what Andy was saying, I feel like, like we may not even get to the sermon, that's okay. I feel like the Father has an amplification of his voice over this region at the moment. That means he's going to start speaking louder. Why? Because we're not really listening to him at the moment. So he's going to begin to speak more, more often, more louder. He's going to speak clearly. The question is, the limit is not on him. The limit is on us. Okay? So whenever we begin to just tune in, it's like right now there's loads of Radio 2, Radio 1, Radio 4 frequencies going through this room. You don't really hear them, do you? But if you put up an antennae and tuned in, you hear what's going on there. And it's like that for us at the moment, I believe. God is speaking. He's sending out those microwaves right throughout this region and all he wants us to do is to set up the antennae. So I believe God's been speaking to people this week. I believe he's been speaking to people this morning. I believe he's been speaking to people actually as we've met during the time of worship. I said, before we do anything, I want to set a culture of honor. See, that was what I was going to speak on this morning. And then Kevin, our dear friend Kevin, he didn't have a clue what was going on. He comes to me and he he says, I just feel like the Lord is saying something around a culture of honor is, is the foundation 
for this. So you know what? The honour is, we're going to honour God, we're going to honour you, we're going to lay a foundation of honour and then see what happens. We'll see where we go with this. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to just call out what the God's put in your heart. And there's a couple of people I'm, I'm going to invite up, but I want to show you how easy this is, okay? Sometimes when you step out and risk, it feels scary, but actually... When the risk is on you, the other person will never feel that. So take the risk in you. What is it that God's saying? How do you know it's from God? You don't really until you take the risk. If it's from God, it'll land. If it's not from God and you've just thought about it, I hope that we have enough grace here that we show each other that that's okay. We're all learning. I'm not an expert in this. I'm still exploring this. So you see, so you see Adam Johnson here? Yeah. Like Adam Johnson is not just a teacher. And Robert Ferguson, you are, you are a father. And actually, I believe you're more than that. You're a grandfather of this region. So you will raise up fathers and mothers. You've been called there. That hasn't been a mistake that you've been placed there. And actually, as you begin to journey with the father this next little while, I think he's going to begin to release over you things about your heritage, things about this region that no one else can see, but you are going to begin to realize what has been imparted, the inheritance that is upon you. And you're going to release dreamers you're going to release visions over Robert Ferguson Primary School. You're going to encourage people. When, all, when, when those kids, all they hear is that, you know, you're useless, you're stupid. They see, you know, families going around who don't have time for them. You're going to take time for them. You're going to speak truth over them. And I think, I, I don't know, is your, is your partner your wife here? No. no. So what's her name? Laura, like so for Laura as well, like she is she is not insignificant, she has not been overlooked in this. Actually together you guys are I feel the words like it's like it's a kingdom par couple for this region. It's not a mistake that you're here. God's brought you both together, both with significant um, pasts and significant histories and significant heritages that is about to be released, and we're gonna see many fathers and mothers raised up in this area. And I think this is also, as you begin to, there's this thing in Ireland called townlands. It's like regions that are just out and around areas of cities, towns, villages, the surrounding areas that can get forgotten about at times. I feel like you guys have a heart for that. And I feel like the Father's going to begin to show you what he wants to do in those areas. You're going to be like military strategists. Is that the word? Yeah, strategists. So I just release that over heaven, over you. Or at least that if there's anything there that is that is of me, that you'll just forget about it. But whatever the Father has spoken, that you'll take that and allow that to settle into your heart. We champion you. Our hearts are for you. You're a good man. You're a good man. So you see, it's as simple as that. Like how, how do I know if that's from God? I don't. But I begin to speak that out. And whatever is from God will settle in Adam's heart. So I believe God's been putting stuff in people's hearts. So before we do anything else, who, who has God been speaking to? Take a risk. Take a risk. We're all family here. Andy, I know he's been saying something to you, so my man, you share. Yeah, so this morning, even just in worship, I felt that God was just speaking to me and wanting me to speak it out. So receiving from God, amazing. But then giving it out again, even better. It's absolutely amazing. So today, Remembrance Sunday, absolutely amazing day where we can remember those that lost their lives, but also why they lost their lives. So we're living here today in freedom because they fought for us. What's really cool is we can live in freedom because Jesus gave his life for us. So those soldiers gave their lives for us so we can live in freedom here in Britain today. Jesus gave his life for us so that we can live 
in freedom forevermore with God. So a very well-known philosopher once said, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. People have given up their lives so that we can be here today. Jesus gave up his life so we can live in freedom, so we can break off the shackles. Any chains that you're living into, whether they are physical chains that you feel are just bringing you down, whether that's labels that you're living into, no matter what that is, Jesus wants you to set, Jesus wants to set you free from that. He wants you to live in that freedom so that you can just be a blessing in your community. And we honor God. We love God. He's an absolutely amazing God. And all glory to him. Yes. That's it, Andy. See how simple it is? See, Andy hears from the Father. Do you want me to tell you why I know that? Because that was part of what my sermon was. We don't, need to, we don't even need to go there. God has given us freedom. Thank you, Andy. Andy, do you want, like, do you want to pray freedom over the room? Yeah, yeah. Like, you go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah, so Father, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for how significant today is. That we live here in freedom. Thank you for people just serving our country. Thank you for people just serving you, Lord God. But I also thank you for the ultimate freedom that we can live in. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he gave his life for us. I thank you that we can just live here today serving you in complete freedom. Yeah, thank you so much, God, that we are just able to hear from you. We are able to give out. And any of the shackles that are holding us down, chains that are just restraining us from doing your will, that they can just be broken in your name, because there is freedom. Thank you for being an amazing God and an all-loving Father. Amen. Amen. Yes, Andy. And do you give that to Karn there? Yes. Come on, Karn. Thank you. When we were praying this morning, I just had a picture of a daisy. So a daisy's just a weed. It's just a weed. But it's delicate, and it's beautiful, and it's fun. I mean, we'll all have made a daisy chain, I should think, in our lives. And it's strong. You cut your grass, they reappear. You cut the grass, they reappear. And I just think some people here think, I'm just weed. I'm just useless. I'm just not really part of things. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You're delicate, you're beautiful, and you're strong. Yes, yes. It's like, you see what Karn's just spoken? That is for people here. So if that is for you, like I want to pray for you. This, is my, this might be what all we do all day. We might just <laughs> hear words and pray. So I'm going to release right now, if that's you, and you feel insignificant in any way. Father wants you to know that he is rejoicing over you. He sings over you. It's like he's calling all the angels in heaven to come along to, I don't know if this is even theologically correct, but like the age of heaven, he's like, that's my child. I am so, so pleased with them. See, that's the thing about Jesus. He was given an identity by his father in heaven before he had even done a thing. So he's baptized, he's brought up out of the water, and God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What's Jesus done at that point? He hasn't done a thing. He says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Some of you need to know that this morning. That the Father is pleased with you before you even do your thing and just who you are. Just who you are. Hey, who else has got words? Come on.
Yes, Phil. So just when uh, Andy was talking there about um, freedom, um, uh, I just was thinking, and it's something that's a picture I've had for a, a while, but it just came back into my head. And it's uh, to do with, um, it's to do with, like, if you think of, like, this is the picture when I was trying to think how to explain it. On the stage here, I don't know if you can see or not, but there's tons of wires and cables and all kinds of stuff like that. So just picture that in your head for a moment. So uh, talk about freedom and about shackles being broken. So imagine, imagine for example, that you've been, you've been shackled to something, you've been tied to something, you've, been, you've kind of been held captive to something for a moment, okay? Now, that, that's kind of a metaphor, isn't it, for um, being uh, that you've kind of, that you're, say, for example, fear, okay? So take fear, for example. That's something that you've kind of tied yourself to, you've attached yourself to, You've kind of been around fear, and the more that you've been around fear, you've got more attachments to that fear. Okay, so imagine what Christ does is he comes in and he cuts all of those attachments, doesn't he, to the fear. But I think that the way it works is, this is the way I understand it anyways, which is what came back into my head when Andy was speaking, is that you've still almost got these bits of cables or, or chains or, or rope or whatever that, have got, that were, the, were the attachments to that fear, that they're still connected to you. Because that's the person, that's your story that's been created. So what would happen, for example, if you were to then go back to fear, that thing that you were tied to, and kind of linger around there? It's the same as what happened to Nathan when he came off the stage there. When you're around cables, when you're around wires, you're going to get tangled up in them. You're going to be tripping up into it. Um, Anyone who's tried to take the hose pipe when you have to water the garden or wash the car or whatever, it's tangled up, isn't it? And you, you get caught to it. So what do we do? When, uh, what's the sensible thing to do when you are released, when, when God comes and cuts those ties? It is to flee as far away as possible. And I think that that's a message for us today. For those people who are, who are wanting to engage in that freedom, who are wanting to engage in that, is to, is to run from whatever it is that God is freeing you from, is to run for it. Don't linger around in it because you're going to get tangled, but to run from it. So run from fear run from anxiety, run from whatever it is that you're needing that freedom from. So you see what happens whenever you begin to release what heaven's saying, suddenly there's more, there's more, there's more. So I, I feel there's more here. There's somebody here who's just like, it's sitting right there and it feels like you, you need to speak it out but you're so afraid. So there, we're going to pray Holy Spirit boldness right now. Holy Spirit. Oh, that's fine. Um, it's dangerous to give me a mic. <laughs> um, But it's not, though, because this morning during worship, I was thinking about that phrase, all I am is yours. And I think what's what's fun is thinking about the beautiful parts of us, the parts we feel great about, the parts we feel when when people are watching and we we know we're doing okay. That's really fun to think about putting that before God. But actually, all I am is yours means all of it, every single part. Every part, the part we're ashamed of, the part that feels ugly and unlikable. And, the, and that I was, I was singing, and I was thinking about that, like in, in Acts 2, where they describe the, the dream of the church. It's, that same thing comes to mind when we say they had everything in common. So that thing that's ugly, that feels ugly about you, I'm going to be with you in that because we're in community and we have everything in common. I'm not going to reject. I'm going to, by the grace of God, not reject. And then I was sitting during worship and I was thinking of this phrase came to my head. Um, what was intended for harm will be used for good. 
And it comes way back from Genesis where Joseph, I mean, talk about somebody who made sacrifices. I mean, he was the baby brother of the family, Jacob's favorite of all the sons. You know, you know the musical. He had this multicolored coat, right? Coat of, you know that one, right? Um, and so his brothers were jealous and they, they, I mean, they threw him in a hole. They, he went to prison. He had somebody try to claim that he was uh, committing adultery. People lied. And yet, his character stood strong, no matter what crisis came, no matter what tragedy came, and even what was intended for harm will be good, used for good. And I was thinking about us, and I was thinking about people in this room who have others around them who are seeking to hurt and take and be unkind. That person at work, that childhood memory, that thing that you think you will never get over. Sister, I know what you're feeling, but that thing, that scar will heal and it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. What is tended, what was intended for harm will be used for good. And I, um, I, I looked at Saw, I'm just going to read this verse. It's making me shake because it's, it's just so powerful to me. What was intended for harm will be used for good. I claim that for our community. Um, Genesis 50, 19. So after all this, I mean, as brothers, you know, after all this, Joseph, and I read this meme on character, and it said, it said character is, is what you do for people who can do nothing for you. Character is, and I've heard it said, character is who we are when no one's looking. Who are we? Because, yeah. Um, okay, here's, here's what Joseph said to his brothers. And this is a tough one because he forgave the very people who put him through suffering. And then he, listen. But Joseph said to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done to the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. And I just love that. I just have this other image I have to throw out there. I'm sorry. I told you he's never going to give me the mic again. We lived for three years in Lithuania. We were in missions and lived in Lithuania um, shortly after the Iron Curtain fell. And in, it's, the, it's the only ice-free port, okay? And so in Lithuania, amber is, a very, is, is prolific. And so when the storm comes over the Baltic Sea, it, it storms badly there. And when the storm comes, the amber that sits at the bottom of the sea, you know amber is millions of years old. It's the tree sap. Have you seen Jurassic Park? It's the tree sap. <laughs> it's the tree sap that has, been, that has been preserved. And these little pebbles of amber, when the storm comes and thrashes the waters, you know, thrashes the waters, and finally it calms. Only then does the amber from the very depths of the seafloor get washed up on the shore. And in, when the sun comes out, which it will, and it always does, when the sun comes out, the shore glitters. 
it shines, and the, the children, children who, children collect the bits of amber, and they go in, and they go into town, and sometimes they'll try to sell it. But I love that image that only when the storm comes does the beauty get revealed and washed up. So bring on the storm. Bring on the storm, because what is intended for harm, that thing you're thinking about, that hard person to love, that person who actually sought to hurt you that that story about your life that will that will be made beautiful so you see this is what happens whenever the holy spirit begins to release words okay so there's something that i had thought about during the week um and i think it's connected to that so kim thank you for releasing that we're going to do this really quickly and then we'll see what else happens after that we'll maybe go get the kids whatever can you put up there's a wee infographic. See, see what's been happening, Steph, whenever you begin to release infographics. Look at this. So, this is the behavior cycle of what happens whenever offense comes into our life. Okay? So we have two options in that. Okay? But the behavior cycle is all around that. And this is where this culture of honor begins to get laid. This is what's going to be the foundation for the Father to speak. For him to see what's going to happen in this region. What is going to happen within this church. What's going to happen within your family. Is whenever we set a culture of honor. See, honor is being able to compliment someone for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Okay. Compliment someone for who they are. Call out who they are without stumbling over who they're not. That's what we're called to, a culture of honor. So what happens is, this little thought comes into your mind. So maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you know someone said something or they've done something or you maybe just don't like that person. It's come in. Offense has entered in somewhere. And you begin to think. Whenever they walk into the room, you're like, what are they doing here? So what happens if we don't challenge that? It becomes a mindset, so it becomes a normal way of thinking. So every time, every time they come into the room, you start to think negatively, dishonorably about them. If we don't challenge it then, what happens is it begins to become an atmosphere. So what happens is just what's in here becomes to come out into our body. So you maybe make a little face at them. You maybe... (laughs) And then, if you don't challenge it then, what ends up happening is it becomes a a stronghold in your life. So what happens at that point is you begin to justify your behavior. You begin to justify why you feel like that against that person. And once you get past that, if you haven't challenged it, it begins to become a culture. And the culture means that it begins to spread out to other people. And it begins to go round and round and round and round. But what happens is, if you read the passage that we were supposed to be talking about today, Ephesians 4, 17 to 32, read it during the week. It talks about, we have two options. We can either choose to live like the old us, and like the people who, who aren't in relationship with God, and are full of bitterness and hatred and haven't been set free yet, or we get to choose to live lives where the forgiveness that Jesus has given us overflows into our communities, overflows into encouragement instead of bitterness, when it overflows into forgiveness instead of harbor and hatred. And you need to know it begins, because in verse 23, it says it begins with the renewing of your mind. How you think will dictate how you act. So we begin to say, Jesus, filter my thought life with the thoughts of heaven. It's not about pushing out our thoughts into heaven. It's actually pulling heaven down into our thoughts. Pulling heaven. How Jesus thinks of people. How the Father looks at people. What he thinks of people. And pulling it down into our heads. And then speaking that out. 
That will be the key for unleashing the prophetic. Whenever we begin to honor one another. So what happens is, offense. And look, if it hasn't entered into your life already, it's probably going to come within the next few days, especially when we're speaking about it. So you get to choose. You get to live this out. That thought, are you going to challenge it? Because if you challenge it whenever it's at the thought process, what happens is the mindset becomes, no, 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 I'm going to choose to honor. I'm going to choose to speak life. I'm going to choose to encourage. Then what happens is that actually starts to live out into the atmosphere. It becomes an action. So you begin to say to that person, this is what I feel about you. This is what I think the Father has for you. Then that becomes a stronghold where you justify why you're saying that. Why? Because God thinks us of them. He sees them, not as the world sees. And then it becomes a culture. And that's what I love to see. A culture of honor. A culture of encouragement. It doesn't cost us anything. I don't have any money in my pockets right now. It hasn't cost me to encourage what I believe the Father has for Adam. It won't cost Karen anything to come and share what she feels like the Father is saying over us. So I want us to, this to be a day, I feel this is going to be a day like an Ebenezer. An Ebenezer is that moment where the, the people of Israel marked it and said, like, we will choose to worship every time we see this point. We will choose to worship what God has done in my life. And I think this is an Ebenezer moment for this church community that's going to filter out into the community around us. When we choose to honor one another, when we choose to honor one another, that whenever offense comes, whenever someone says something, when someone does something, I'm going to be really cheeky here, when someone keeps this a little bit late, we choose to honor. We choose to honor in that. So I feel like we need to remember and we need to be family. So if you want to go and get the kids, let's do this as family. In the meantime, I want you if we could get a couple of folks to bring across the table, we're going to have communion. Why? So if you got something, Andy's just... I so was not going to do this. And then Phil started talking about fear. And I was like, oh my days. I was like, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to do this. So, I really feel that there's someone here that has received a text message or a message this week from a friend who the message has has hurt them and um, has maybe stopped them from, I don't really know how to explain it, but yeah, let's just say it's just really hurt them and hit their confidence a little bit. Um, and I just want them to know that God sees their heart and sees their hurt and they're not insignificant in any way and that he loves them and they need to know that he loves them no matter what their friends think or how they feel about the situation but that they are loved and this church for us since we've come here as very much like that, just I just feel love from everybody. Everybody's so kind, and if that just means somebody just knowing that there's somebody here that they can speak to to help them in that way, but they have to know that that God loves them no matter how they feel or what their friends feel about them, but they are loved. Thanks, Zoe. Yes, 
So that's what I want the culture to be as we begin to come around this table, okay? If, if you need to go, you need to go. There's, there's absolutely no pressure. Freedom reigns. But we'll go, bring the kids up. Let's be family around this table. And you know what it says in Scripture is you begin to remember what Jesus did. This is what I believe remembering Sunday, a lot of it's about remembering him who laid down his life for us to give the freedom that Andy talked about. The freedom to choose honor over dishonor. The, choo- the freedom to choose in the middle of being offended or being hurt that actually we release forgiveness. So whilst we're gathering around here, let's gather around that table. If there's someone that you need to go and say sorry to, go and say sorry to them. If there's someone you need to call, call, say sorry. If there's someone that has hurt you and you need to begin to release that forgiveness, release it. I just felt that I was I, I was in Glasgow Vineyard at one time. Um, we're now in, in Leeds, in, in Bradford, um, just to give you my credentials. Um, but I just felt the Lord was uh, has been talking to me about about the sacrifice and the cost of being a Christian. Um, and we think particularly today of the cost. I had an uncle who died, and I'm called after him, Henry. Um, uh, he was killed in 1944. And I looked at John the Baptist, and I was reading it. He had a camel hair and ate locusts and wild honey. And I thought, and then he sent to Jesus and said, are you the one, or should I look for somebody else? And Jesus' manifesto was that he was going to release the captives. And John was never released. And, and when I look at, um, at, at the other scriptures about... Um, James being kept in prison, but P- Peter being released. And I remember the, the story of the Jew who was in a concentration camp, and he said, Lord, he says, God, I've, I've, you've taken away my family, you've taken away my health, you've taken away my business, you've taken away my freedom. You're trying to, to make me not believe in you. But what I'm going to stand here and say is, I still believe in you, whatever you do to me. And, and the bottom line is, I would rather be released from prison than to be beheaded. Right. I would rather have the, the, the answers to prayer that I can te- testify to than the struggles. But sometimes the struggles is all I've got. And, and the end of the day is, I trust God the way a, a child would trust a father, in that I don't know what, what's ahead of me. And all I know is, is there's pain. But I know my father would look after me. And I know my heavenly father looks after me. So my testimony is, I trust him, whatever happens. And I'd, I'd love it to be the, the good thing, but even if it's not, and I can't understand what's in, in ahead of me, I still trust him. Henry, what a voice. You have, you have a voice that needs to speak over this region, carries such truth. Thank you. See, it gets messy sometimes, family, doesn't it? We don't really know what's going on right now. I don't have a clue. You know what? I don't need to know. Because Jesus knows what he's up to. Jesus knows what he's up to. So as you gather around, but go feel the freedom to go and take communion. If you need to make it right with someone, go and make it right. That's not my words, scripture. Ephesians 4, go read it this week. Go read it this week. Something to say. My name is Margaret. Victor Hugo had a saying that there's nothing so successful of an idea whose time has come. And it's come now to us all. We have the opportunity. It's scary. But just remember Peter 1, 
chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your concerns on him, and he will look after you. It's simple, but it's true. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Margaret. Yes. It's wisdom. It's wisdom.